You're listening to the Redemption Church Podcast as we go through a series called Principles of Prayer. We pray that this encourages and blesses you today. Well, it's a privilege to be with you guys here tonight. I love your church. I love this church. Uh, Pastor Daniel and myself were in a, a Bible study group with Uh, probably the best Bible teacher that I've ever heard. His name is Dr. Warren Gage. And uh, he would host a a free um, Bible study. And this guy has like a degree in philosophy. He was a lawyer. He had his own law practice. He's a theologian. And he's really a brilliant man. And he would give free lectures. And just a handful of us would gather at this table at Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale. I believe it was... Fort Lauderdale, it might have been another Calvary Chapel, maybe Calvary Chapel Boca, but um, we would just go there and we would um, hear him talk about, the, about Jesus. And Pastor Daniel was there. And when uh, I knew he had planted Delray Beach, and by the way, I love the story of how this church was started. Of course, you already know it, but they were living in Seattle and just in prayer one day, you know, God spoke to his heart, Delray Beach, plant a church and plant churches. And he didn't even know where Delray was. I mean, he's either spiritual or lunatic, you know. And uh, man, they came down here with nothing, not knowing anybody, just parachuted in here. And uh, I just love that story. And so when we were going to plant our church six months before COVID, we're either spiritual or a lunatic as well. Good night. And uh, I said, hey, I'm going to plant a church. He goes, hey, you're going to plant a church? Let's go have tacos. So we went to downtown Delray, and we, uh, we had tacos. And, man, we had a friendship that day. And when we went to start our church, as he was saying, I came to Carver, and um, I preached at Carver, and you guys gave us an offering that day to help us launch and when we launched, we uh, supported your, your church for one year. We support about 11 missionaries. And every once in a while, we'll just pray and God will give us a, a mission or a church or something to support for a year in addition to what we're doing normally. And so we supported your work. Um, and, and I just love your church. I love this church. I actually wanted to plant in Delray. And I came to the city of Dayton because I grew up in Palm Beach County. I went to Santa Lucia's Go Chiefs. And um, grew up in Palm Beach County. And when we were feeling the call to plant, we came to Delray. About three different times I drove around this city. But for us, just, you know, we say God was silent. He wasn't speaking to us to plant here. But I love Delray Beach. And I love Redemption Church. And I love your pastors and your leadership. As you know, your pastors are the real deal. They're real people. They're living on faith every day. They work very hard for the church and for, for, um, for what God has put in their hands. Your pastor does more with uh, less than anybody that I know. I don't know how he goes all over the, the world with, with, with what, <laughs> what God has given him. I'm like, Dan, how do you do that? I need you to disciple me on some plane tickets here. Just amazing. Just amazing. So we really love, we really love your church and your community and what you guys are doing in the city of Delray Beach every week, every day, standing up to proclaim the gospel of Christ in this city is a tremendous thing. It really is. And so you guys are doing a great, great job. As Dan said, uh, um, my wife, I actually met my wife in Venezuela on a mission trip. 
And um, we got married 10 years later. She was the pastor's secretary. Pastor Jerry Vaughn, I don't know if you, if you know who he is, but she was his secretary. And so we're having, we just doubled our grandkid count. Hello. And so we're excited about that. Um, I'm excited about this series that you're in. Uh, the principles of prayer. We, our church is also with you guys doing the 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm going to read this scripture to you from Luke 18. I'm not going to expound on this text, uh, but I want to share my heart with you tonight. The, um, the principle that Jesus was telling in this story. Dan said, I'm a better preacher than him, but I'm going to say he's a better Bible teacher than me. So I do feel actually intimidated tonight not to expound this text correctly. So Pastor Dan will correct anything. Um, I don't want to expound the text, but I want to share heart tonight with you. If we could sit at that taco table tonight, you and I, I want to just share my heart with you about prayer. All right. So let's look at what Jesus says here in this story. Jesus uh, says this. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. The story goes like this. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came and repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God nor care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. Oh boy. I thought, I thought my wife was in the Bible right there. <laughs> no, she's a sweetheart. Uh, this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. Now, I understand that you guys are doing like a word in this series on prayer. And so my word today is prayer is consistency. All right. Prayer is consistency or another way to say it. The power is in consistency. Do you have a favorite show? Anybody have a favorite show? Uh, my favorite show, I was talking with Pastor Robin, my favorite show is this show called PTI. I don't know if you've ever watched it. It's on ESPN at 530 and I record it and it's 30 minutes and I watch it every day. Don't worry, I pray, for th I pray for 31 minutes a day, but I watch this for 30 minutes, all right? So just stay with me. And this is uh, two reporters. They were longtime reporters at the Washington Post, Tony Kornheiser on the left and Michael Wilbon, and they've known each other for like ever. And they're two very different people, and they have two very different approaches to life and to sports. And, and so I watch them, but every once in a while, they'll do this segment in their show called What's the Word? And um, they'll, they'll be talking about like a sports topic like uh, when will the Dolphins win the Super Bowl? And the, what, what's the word would be for, for, forever. You know, it's never going to happen. Sorry. And so, so anyways, they would always fill in this blank, what's the word, right? Well, well, again, for your prayer series, I've come here today to say prayer is what? 
consistency. Yeah, or another way you could say it is the power of your prayer life, I would argue, is in its consistency. That's where the power is. Um, Another thing about your pastor is he is so diverse. This guy's like the coolest guy. He plays the drums. I didn't even know he plays the drums. I knew he played the guitar. And Does not Laura sing beautiful? Oh my God, I just want to come here every every Sunday at 5 o'clock and sit there and listen to that. It's amazing. And so, uh, Dan, he's always, you know, doing videos and websites for somebody. If I were to get a side job, okay, get an extra stream of income, I would choose to go to the gym, but only for one month. I would be like that guy when you come in on January 1st, signing you up for like the gym membership, right? And then after that, I would just go around. And like once a year, I'd probably make so much money because everybody at the beginning of the year, they go to the gym, Right? And they sign people up. Now, I am not a gym person, as you could probably tell. You know, I'm just not a gym person. But just side note, stay with me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not traveling back from a trip, but I'm a little bit ADD, so I'm a little bit all over the place all the time. So, but when my kids, when my twins are six months old, ha- does anybody have twins in the house today? No. Yeah, God, pray for me, all right? I mean, can you imagine taking care of two babies at one time? Well, my gym has this thing where $10 a month, you can get four hours of daycare per kid. It's like the greatest babysitter ever. So they are going to get me in the gym just so, just so I can like be sane, you know. So anyways, I'm not a gym person, but maybe in six months after they're born, maybe I will be. But if I was a gym person, I would probably be so upset in January. Why? because I'm a gym person, let's say, and I'm consistent on these things. And here comes these unfit, uh, non-passionate people coming in in January, taking up my equipment while I try to work out consistently. You know what I'm talking about, right? And if I was a gym person, I'd probably say, you're coming in here, spending all that money, and you're not even going to apply the principles of consistency in your workout. It's going to do nothing. We all understand that, right? When I was in high school, I, I, I'm not the, like, a, like a builder type of person. I'm not a builder, but in high school, I, I worked for a subcontractor who laid tile. And he was like every subcontractor I know. He was very grumpy. And he wanted his thin set, which is the mix of the tile, to be consistent. And I, I'm just not good at this kind of stuff. And so sometimes I would make it thick and sometimes I would make it thin. And one time he took the bucket and he poured it out, says, it's too thin. Do it again. Either make it thick or make it thin, but make it. I lasted about two weeks at that job. That was it. Two weeks. Because I, I could not find a way to lay this mud consistently. The power is in consistency. How many of you know the power in, in marriages is in consistency. It's in consistency. Um, Here's some quotes from some people. Follow along on the screen here. We'll just run down these. Jim Ron says, Success is neither magical nor mysterious. Success is the natural consequence of consistently applying the basic fundamentals. Tony Robbins says, It's not what we do once in a while that shapes our lives. It's what we do what? Aristotle, going way back, says, We are what we repeatedly do. 
Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. And John Maxwell says, the secret of your success is found in your daily routine. Okay, prayer has got to be consistent. I'm so happy that you guys are like our church, that we're doing this every single year, the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I think maybe in August as well, a lot of times we'll get some maybe five to 10 days of, of prayer. It's so key. Now, something about me is that I came from an amazing church that I grew up in. Since I was seven years old, I came from the Catholic Church, and then I went to this charismatic church in Lake Worth called Trinity Church International. And the pastor of that church, who's now, he actually just passed away. Um, we had his funeral service last week. Um, it's a, hundreds of people were there. It was a church at one time of 3,000 people. And I got to speak at the funeral because Pastor Tom Peters was my spiritual father and my, and my pastor. And he would always make this statement that, that, that those of us who are close to that church really want to emulate. He says, you're either going to pray by crisis or you're going to pray by choice. If you pray by crisis, that means you're just going through life and whenever there's a crisis, you cry out. But if you pray by choice, that means you're setting a pattern to your prayer life and you're ordered in your prayer life. And now if you pray by crisis, you're letting the devil order your prayer life. But if you pray by choice, you're allowing God to order your prayer life. He said, I want to be a choice prayer. And I want to tell you, Pastor Tom Peters was a choice prayer. Every single morning from 6 to 7, the church was open for prayer. And every single noon hour from 12 to 1, the church was open for prayer. And every Saturday morning we had prayer. I had to be in prayer five hours a week as a staff member. And all of us young staff members, we all hated it. <laughs> Until we got out and we started doing our, maybe we, 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 whether we did our own works and we started doing our own thing, we all talk, call each other and say, man, are you doing noon prayer today? Because I just got hit by the devil. I need to go in prayer. And how many of you know that's true not for just people who work at a church, but that's true for all of our lives. The power of our prayer life, it's inconsistency. It's inconsistency. I remember right before I uh, planted the church, Pastor Tom brought me in his car, and he was an older man at this time in his 70s. And he says, Dan, you're going to plant a church. I want to talk to you. He always talked to me at certain important times. Before I got married, he, this man had thousands of people that he served, but he always brought me in when big moments happened. He said, I want to talk to you before you get married. And then when I got my kids, he would talk to me. And then when we were going to plant the church, he says, I want to talk to you now. He says, you can go to a conference. It's good. Go to a conference, Dan, a church planning conference, a mission conference. We believe in conferences. But he says, I'm going to tell you right now, he said, very humbly, he said, I've been doing this for 40 years, Dan. And I'll tell you, I never got burnt out. You want to know how? I said, sure. He said, because of prayer and the word. He said, Dan, you stay in prayer and the word and you'll never get burnt out. And so many times in our life, I think that we could, I know I've been there, I don't know if you have, but I've been there where I've just gotten busy and I've just kind of strayed. And, and I, whenever I come back to prayer and the word, I always gather strength for my walk with Christ. Have you ever been there yourself? And so that's why it's so good that you are a part of a church that's 
a praying church. Your church is a praying church. I know your church is a praying church because I eat tacos with your pastor. All right, I know this. I know this. Your church is a praying church. And in the church, we need so much. I was telling our church today because we do our service at, um, at 10 o'clock. And I was telling them in our churches, there is so much need to teach on different aspects of life. I mean, I feel like in the church, we need to talk about finances, how to order our finances. So many families that I counsel, there's no order in the finances. And, and, and I like what Dave Ramsey says. He says, every dollar has a name. And that's just my thing. Every dollar that comes into my world has a name. I give the first 10% to God. I give the second 10% to myself. And then I give 10% to the FP&L and, and all this. Think about this. You pay FP&L, Hulu, Amazon, Prime, uh, Netflix. You pay your Starbucks, Barista. You pay everybody. But do you pay yourself for wealth building? But that's just me. I'm just saying every dollar, I feel, has to have a name. And what am I saying? I'm saying in the church. We need teaching on finances. In the church, we need teaching on worship. We need teaching on how to be faithful. We need teaching on how to be a disciple. We need teaching on, on how to do marriage and parenting well. Oh my God, I'm getting exhausted, honestly, just telling you all this stuff because I feel the responsibility for teaching my church these things. Is that right? But also in the church, we need teaching on prayer. We need teaching on prayer. Jesus taught a lot on prayer. I want to show you this quote, Brian, if you could show this quote, E.W. Kenyon. Uh, when you say E.W. Kenyon, I mean, to me, that just sounds so spiritual, doesn't it? It makes you want to read his book. <laughs> this is what he said. He says, every church should have a prayer program. The prayer life of the church should be so interwoven with every feature of it that God could be seen in every department. A church, I like this, a church can't be built up spiritually without prayer. Numbers can be drawn through personal work or by eloquence, but to build up a real spiritual body is only possible through prayer. Go on to the next slide there. This will need much wise teaching on the part of the pastor and the teachers of adult classes. Give prayer a large place in your church program. Don't only teach about prayer, but practice it. I like this thought. You can educate the people so that their prayers will prevail. Make them prayer masters, mighty in intercession. And that is what... Pastor Tom Peters did in his church, and I know that's the heart of Pastors Daniel and Laura Williams. Also, I'm talking to you a little bit about three aspects of prayer. That's what I want to talk to you about. When we talk about prayer is consistency, I want to share with you three aspects, and I just shared with you one, that prayer needs to be in the church, okay? It needs to be in the church, teaching on it in the church in every, every aspect that we can have it. The second aspect of prayer tonight that I want to share with you is that prayer, it leads to missions. It leads to mission. Let me tell you the picture. Daniel, you all know the story, Daniel in the lion's den, and you probably know this because I know this church has great teaching and great content coming forth all the time. So we would know that Daniel in the lion's den is an Old Testament story 
right? And what happened with Daniel is we remember Babylon came and took the Jewish people from their city and brought them into this foreign nation. They even changed their name. They changed their diet. That's how we get the Daniel fast, kind of coming from his heart. And they changed everything because they were trying to brainwash them into a, a different ideology other than the kingdom. And, and so the reason why Daniel went into the lion's den is because they saw that he was a praying man and that his power and his excellence came through prayer, that some people in the kingdom said, let's make a decree that says whoever prays to anybody other than the king has to get fed to the lions. And I love Daniel for this because it says when he found out that that was the thing, he said, hold up, they're going to throw me in the lions then if I pray. The Bible says he went up into his room, he opened up his doors as was his custom and prayed towards Jerusalem three times a day. That's a strong man. Right there. Now, if it was me, I would have probably said, well, let me just go into my prayer closet. That brother opened up the door. Now, this is the point I'm saying. He prayed towards where? He prayed towards Jerusalem. Now, in a very uh, simple way, we can understand Jerusalem in the Old Testament especially was God's city, right? We, we would think that's where the place where God dwells. That was the capital city of God's nation. That was where the kingdom resided in Jerusalem. And Daniel's prayers led him to pray where? Towards the kingdom. And that's what your prayers do. Your prayers Usher in the kingdom of God. Now, I told my church this this morning. If you ever want to wonder if you are a mature prayer, just ask yourself. You don't even have to ask yourself. Just record yourself praying. And if the majority of your prayers are about your needs, I said this to my church, don't get offended, you might be immature. And I'm about to have two new kids running around. And I can already hear when they're about two or three, these kids are going to be saying, no, that's my toy. No, that's mine. Daddy, he hit me. She hit me. Daddy, why, do I, why did they get that and I didn't get this? You know what that sounds like? That sounds like immature Christians too, doesn't it? Right? When we're immature in our faith, everything is about us. Lord, I need a new car. I'm a crisis prayer. Lord, I need my bills paid. Lord, change my wife. Lord, do this. That is immature prayer life. But as we mature in our walk with God, our prayers become more like Daniel. That no matter what's going on, I'm praying His will be done, His kingdom come, and His will be done. So our prayer life eventually gets to the place where we usher in His kingdom in His way. Now, the ideology of our world is all about us. This is what we see. This is what's on the, the movies. This is what's on the commercials. It's this philosophy that's all about me. Burger King says it. Have it what? Have it your way. But how many of you know in our walk with God, it cannot be about my way. In my marriage, it cannot be about my way. It's got to be about God's way for us. And how can we usher that in together? And that's what's so beautiful about parting with the Holy Spirit. So, so prayer brings the power of the kingdom amongst us. And it actually ushers in his ministry. Let me share you another quote 
It's from E.M. Bounds. If you'd show that up, Brian, I like this quote because this is a, a real praying church will have this effect on it. E.M. Bounds says, the success of all real missionary efforts is dependent on prayer. Prayer creates and makes missions successful. In other words, the key of all missionary success is prayer. That key is in the hands of the home churches. The home church on her knees, fasting and praying, is the great base of spiritual supplies. The praying church wins the contest. And I, and I share this to you because I know the heart of redemption is for the kingdom of God to be ushered in. In fact, one of the missionaries that you support, the Val, uh, I always mess up his last name, Valenzuela. We met him through Daniel, and we have started supporting him. He's one of the 11 uh, missionaries that we support in Spain. And, uh, and we're supporting him not just financially, but in other ways as well. Any, any way that we can, we support them. And one of the impartations that we got from our church is uh, from Pastor Tom Peters is that they gave away 28% of every dollar that came in, they gave to missions all around the world. When Pastor Tom came, there was only four women and four children in their church. And the first thing that they did is they had a prayer meeting. And uh, it was, uh, I think there was a big storm. And he said it, it smelled so mildewy in that room that it like, it just like there was no Holy Spirit that night. It just felt so mildewy. And here he comes, four women, four children, got a vision in his heart, but it's just, it's just not going well. But they committed themselves to prayer and they committed themselves to mission. And so that young church grew, like I told you, but uh, there was a time there at the height of the ministry where they were giving away a million dollars every single year to missionaries all over the world. In fact, wherever the sun was shining on the earth, there was a uh, Trinity-supported missionary on, on the earth because they just supported all around the globe. And so that's what I grew up in. But it was a praying church now. And right before Pastor Tom Peters died, I called him about three weeks before he died because he was on hospice care. And, and, I, and I, um, I didn't want him to think that I thought that it was my last time th talking to him. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, how do I talk to him in a way that's not like, yo, this is my last time talking to you. So I was kind of trying to be delicate. But I knew if I told him this story, I knew that he would be happy about it. I said, Pastor Tom, I got to tell you a story or something that you gave me an impartation for missions. And I said, our church is, is, is a small church right now. And we're meeting in a cafeteria, and we've only been around for maybe four or five years. But I said, Pastor Tom, I want you to know we got that impartation, and, and we give away 12% of every dollar goes to missions around the world. And I told him, Pastor Tom, we have given away $100,000 to missions all around the world. And he broke out of that hospice care, and he said, Dan, that's phenomenal. You tell the people that I said that that's amazing. That's powerful. But the key of that, of all that story that I was talking about, I believe is not the money given, but it's the emphasis on prayer. Because a praying people will go beyond their own personal needs. Because when they connect their hearts to God's heart, God is going to breathe on that people to meet their needs, yes. 
but to understand that we're not here just to be satisfied and we're not here just to live our little life, but we're here, church, to be a difference maker. So when we connect our hearts consistently in prayer, God's going to breathe on that and that is going to lead us to mission. And I know that's the heart of your church. And so I want to encourage you as a church to lean into those times of prayer because God wants to do so much more than just bless our one little life. He wants to use our life and our community life to make a difference. So we understand that there must be teaching in the prayer. That's the first aspect. The second aspect is that prayer is going to lead to missions. And the third aspect is this, that prayer must be in the home. It must be in the home. Let me share with you this quote from Ian Bounds. Last quote, Brian. He says this again. The prayers of God's saints strengthen the unborn generation against the desolating waves of sin and evil. Woe to the generation of sons who find their censers empty of this wrench incense of prayer, whose fathers have been too busy or too unbelieving to pray, and perils inexpressible and consequences untold are their, happy, are their unhappy heritage. Fortunate are they whose fathers and mothers left them a wealthy legacy of prayer. I'll share this last story and then I'll be finished. One of, uh, one of the people who we look to as a, as a leader in our network that we're a part of, your pastors know them, it's Glenn Shaford. Glenn Shaford is a, a mighty man of God. He's, he's an apostolic leader in the body of Christ. He's based out of Oklahoma. They have two campuses and about a thousand people in their church. And more than all that, he is a powerful apostle. He might have even preached here, I think, maybe, or maybe he will one day, but he's an amazing person. And he's a man of God. And he said his mother, he would hear his mother in the other room when he was just a little boy praying and calling out to God. Just calling out to God and interceding and really going for it, if you will. And he says he was about five years old and, and there was something that his young heart was connecting to in those moments when he would hear his mom pray that he would even slide his fingers underneath the door just to try to touch whatever, was, whatever she was connecting to. And he always talks about those moments as a young boy that really affected his life. And when he told that story, it affected my life so much because, as I was telling you, I have young children in the house and my kids hear me yell all the time. I yell at them when they didn't clean up their room. I yell at the dolphins for being the dolphins. Uh, I, they hear me yell at the traffic. They hear me yell at my wife. I mean, they hear daddy can get upset. But I thought, do they hear me crying out to God? Do they hear daddy interceding for the Lord? I was so convicted. And I said, wow, I need to put some choice praying I need to be consistent in my prayer life. And I'm not talking about being fake and, 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 and crying out to God like fakely. Like how do you cry out to God genuinely that, that it, it permeates into your household? I, I told our church this morning, one way you can do that is by getting into a praying church, which you are already in one. Because I believe whatever's in the church house will soon be in your house. 
That's why it's important to go to a healthy church, and that's why it's so important to pray for your leaders, that they, they would be God-honoring and, and healthy and whole, because whatever's in the church house will soon be in your house. And so prayer, prayer must be taught in the church. Prayer is going to lead us to mission and prayer must be in the home. But the power of your prayer life is in your consistency. I encourage you, church, don't just go from crisis to crisis, but choose this day to be a choice prayer and know that no matter what goes on in your life, if you pray and you're in the Word, you will never get burnt out and you will always be strong in God through your prayer being consistent. Amen. 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 Uh, let me pray for you that I believe Pastor Daniel is going to come up. God, we just thank you for this church, for this community in Delray. Father, I thank you so much for each person here tonight. God, that you have a plan for them. God, you have a purpose for them. And no matter what's going on in their life today, God, I pray that you want to change them, strengthen them, renew them, build them up in the most holy faith that you've called them to. So, Father, I thank you for your work. I thank you for your blessing resting over their life. And, God, I know that they've come here tonight, not out of a ritual, but they've come here tonight to seek something from you. And, Lord, I believe that by your Spirit, you're going to touch them and you're going to work in their life and you're going to bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Williams at Redemption Church in Delray Beach. Thank you so much for listening to that message. We pray it was an encouragement. It was a blessing to you as we love to pursue and to proclaim Jesus together. And so no matter where you're listening, whether it be YouTube or our podcast, you can go to more resources at redemptiondb.com and even partner with us in ministry to pursue and to proclaim Jesus. God bless you. And thank you so much for listening.